0: This episode is brought to you by the Italian Wine Academy, teaching WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English, right here in Verona, the home of the Italian Wine Podcast. Want to become part of the international wine sector? Need a worldwide recognized certification? Don't know where to start? You can easily complete our courses while you enjoy the fun and excitement of Verona. Make your vacation good value for money by adding a wine certificate to your souvenirs. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education. Welcome to Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps. We have specially created this free content for all our listeners who are studying for wine exams. This has been a journey of development since Stevie Kim discovered Rosie Baker's hand drawn maps on Instagram through two years of work by our in house editorial and graphics team, and now the maps are available to purchase in beta form while they undergo the final proofing and editing by our expert advisory board. It's a three layered project because we know everyone learns differently. We now offer the complete box set of 39 maps, this series of podcasts with the maps narrated by our crack team of wine educators, and for finally, the study guide book, which will be published later this year. Our map project is in no way a substitute for the material set out by other educational organizations, but we hope all the wine students out there will find our map project a new, exciting, and useful tool for learning. For more information and to buy the maps, please visit our website at mamajumboshrimp.com.
1: Portugal's wine-growing areas are more diverse than the size of the country suggests. Generally, the west side of Portugal is influenced by the Atlantic, the north inland area has a continental climate, and the south is drier and warmer. Portugal has a wealth of native grapes. This is a boon to the many producers who are shifting their focus away from international varieties to their native ones. For our exploration of Portugal, Let's start with the Vino Verde, DOC in the Northwest. Its location hugs the North in the Atlantic Ocean. And that means the climate is moderate, maritime. This reminds us of the similar climate found just above here in Rias Baixas, Spain. The rainfall amount is quite high, therefore the threat of rot and mildew are ever present. Traditional training methods used pergolas to train their vines to mitigate the presence of moisture but modern practices focus on using vertical shoot positioning, that is VSP, systems instead. The idea is still to get the canopy high up off the ground to allow extra air circulation, but canes in this system are trained vertically into wires rather than horizontally in pergola systems. Leaf thinning is a common strategy to also help create even more airflow in the vines. The most widely grown grapes in Vino Verda are Luero, especially near the coast, and Arinto as well. Wines labeled as Vino Verde Alvarino are made with Alvarino grapes. Traditionally, this grape was grown in the northern area of Vino Verde, just under the border with Spain. There we have a sub-region called Monsau y Mio Gaso, that makes Alvarino wines with more body and alcohol than typical Vino Verde. Vino Verde is typically made using stainless steel and is bottled soon after fermentation. Traditionally, wines had a slight spritz to them. Nowadays, carbon dioxide can also be added to give the wines the same effect. But fair warning to those who expect the spritz texture with each bottle, since wines are not always made in this style. It is also worth noting that some bottlings will have a small amount of residual sugar. The well-known Douro region is famous for its fortified port wine production under the Porto DOC. However, unfortified wines have always been made there. Producers are now able to bottle unfortified wines using the Douro DOC, a DOC that was only established in 1982. The overall climate in the Douro region is warm continental, with it being slightly cooler and wetter in the areas closer toward the Atlantic, that is, in the west. So it makes sense that the areas on the east side of the Duro Valley are hot and quite dry. Again, we can remember that the climate in the eastern Duro is contiguous with the climate just over the border into Spain. This warm and dry environment can be stressful for vines, but the schist soils work in tandem with the vines here. The texture of the soils allow those soils to split into vertical layers and therefore allow the vine roots to penetrate deep below the surface to access scarce water. The black grapes grown for dry wine production are the same as for port production. Turiga Nacional is a a favorite of producers for its deep color, high tannins, and black fruit profile. Turiga Franca, Chintarodis, also known as Tempranillo, Chinta Baroca and Chinta Cao round out the most common grapes of the Duro. Wines are full-bodied, tannic, have deep color intensity, and are sometimes with flavors derived from oak maturation. White wines made in Duro DOC can be made in fresh styles intended to be drunk young, but are also made in more concentrated styles with oak fermentation and maturation. This more intense style would have more complexity due to the extra flavors present from the lower fruit yields and layers of flavors from oak and oxidation.
2: Thank you for listening to Italian Wine Podcast. from July 1st to the 31st and click the link. We thank you and back
1: to the show. Further south of the Duro and Vino Verde is Dow, an inland DOC that focuses on red wine production. This area has mountains on both sides. Mountains on the west of Dow effectively block the cool influences from the Atlantic and the mountains on the east side of Dow block the much drier and warmer weather from further inland. So the climate here is warm Mediterranean, and as such, it experiences significant rainfall in the autumn and winter. Important black grapes here are Triga Nacional, Tintarouris, otherwise known as Tempranillo, Hayen, which goes by Mencia in Spain, and Alfresheiro, which has red and black fruit aromas. Wines were often made in styles showcasing extended maceration and oak, but producers are now looking to display wines with finesse, fresher fruit flavors, and acidity. A smaller amount of white wine is made here, from the grape. In Cruzato, whites are often vinified in stainless steel to highlight its fruit character, but more intense barrel-aged examples are also made. Just west of Dao is Bajara, D-O-C. This region is closer to the Atlantic, therefore has a maritime climate. Plentiful rain falls here, but it can be a problem in the spring if vines are flowering and rain interferes with pollination. Without adequate weather conditions during pollination, there's a potential for a reduced crop for that year. Rain also tends to fall in autumn, which could also potentially disrupt the harvest. As such, baiga is the dominant grape here. It is late ripening, so could run into issues with autumn rains. Baiga is characterized by high acidity, high tannins, medium body, and high-toned fruits such as cranberry, but also cherry. Adequate ripening is important for Baiga to avoid being astringent. Baiga has a history of large production that was, and is, destined for the production of Matus Rosé, but in recent decades, This grape has received much attention from quality producers to reveal its potential for high quality wines. Other black grapes in Bajara include Triga Nacional, Alfrochero and Haiyan, along with Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. White wine production here is smaller but growing with a focus on indigenous grapes. Maria Gomez is the most planted white grape in Portugal and grows successfully and productively here in Baiata. Bical makes wines with stone fruit and sometimes tropical fruit flavors. As we move away from the northern half of Portugal, we will get progressively warmer and drier conditions the more southeast we go. So let's look at the climate conditions of Alentejo. This DOC has a Mediterranean climate, and because this region spans a large area, we can guess correctly that it will be warmer and drier the further we move south in Alentejo. Logic follows that grapes from the northern areas of Alentejo will offer a bit more acidity and a bit fresher fruit character, and the grapes from the warmer southern areas will have riper fruit character and softer structure. There are actually 8 subregions in Alentejo DOC, reflecting this large and diverse region. Let's look at the grapes used in Alentejo DOC. This is a big wine region, and as such, there are more grapes that are authorized for use. The first key black grape is Aragonés, which is called Tintarouris in other regions of Portugal, and of course called Tempranillo in Spain. The next important grape is Alicante Boucher, known for its red flesh and ability to bring deep color, acidity, and tannins to wines. Trincadeira is the next most important grape, and grows enthusiastically in the warmer and drier areas here. These three grapes are often blended, since varietal wines are not common in this region. Sometimes, Turiga Nacional joins in the wine blend, lending its generous tannins and acidity. Here, there are also international varieties allowed, and Syrah is most common. In the white wine category, Rupeiro is most planted, followed by Arinto and Tauvaz. These wines offer fruity flavors with generous acidity provided by Arinto and Urupero. The next region falls into the IGP category, which is called Vinho Regional in Portugal, or VR for short. So just like the other VRs, the regulations for Vinho Regional Alentejo, are less stringent than DOC regulations. Vinho Regional regulations often allow for international varieties to be grown, whereas this is not the case for many DOCs. This VR covers a large area in the southeast of Portugal, and it encompasses the Alentejo DOC and, as well, goes much farther beyond it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Italian Wine Academy offering WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education right here in the heart of Verona. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. Ching ching!